0: I was going to say, I wanted to preface this episode as I do with like 90% of them by saying no hate to any of these people.
1: Oh my gosh. No, we are not here to call out any specific influencer except maybe. (laughs) Yes. This is please bless this podcast. The podcast where two sisters talk all things Mormon in pop culture and maybe deconstruct some things along the way. Maybe. I'm Elisa. I'm Katie. This episode's kind of a fun one. We are talking about mormon influencers yes
0: (laughs) and the beautiful the fabulous the the aspirational the
1: rich the hot the mormon
0: yeah crazy rich mormons with their many blonde children
1: so whether you know it or not you're probably following mormon influencers in your life if you're even really on social media much at all Mm -hmm. the mormons are everywhere yeah it are out. out. So, some big names. We thought we'd throw a few out in case you're like, oh no, I don't think I'm following any Mormon influencers. Uh, Amber Fillerup, Rachel Parcel, Taza, Jordan Fernie, Design Mom, anybody ringing a bell? The Bucket List family, the Nini dialogues, Deuce. And to be fair, some of these are ex Mormons now at this point, or maybe Mormon adjacent, or their yeah. activity in the church is unclear.
0: Right. And this covers a wide spectrum of Mormon yes. influencers. Yeah. Yes. These are different, some different folks.
1: And shout out to MDoodles and stuff on TikTok, who is doing God's work. She yes. is charting Mormon influencer culture on that TikTok account in a way that is like truly
0: inspiring. Yeah. It's like a full blown thesis. Like she has a an incredible Venn diagram yeah, and all roads lead to Mormonism among these very different influencers. It's incredible. We
1: are not the first people to be talking about this. There are a lot of think pieces out there about why Mormons are so overrepresented among mommy bloggers and social media influencers. Mm -hmm. And so we thought this episode could be a chance to take some of the key arguments from these think pieces, put them into one. One place and unpack them with our own Mormon
0: perspective. Right. I just want you guys to know what I think.
1: Yes. I'm sure you've been dying to hear our contribution to the think pieces. So here yeah. it is. Here it is. Okay. So one of the arguments that shows up in a lot of these think pieces about why Mormons make such good influencers is because it's a job that a mom can do While still staying home with her kids.
0: Right. Yeah. We are out here looking for side gigs, for side hustles, (laughs) for side quests Mm -hmm. as a group. I get it. These women are like, okay, how can I do this? How can I exploit my family or my marriage? (laughs) How can I capitalize here?
1: And obviously if the influencer route doesn't work out, the next step is an MLM.
0: Right. Well, really, I think all these people have participated in it. MLMs at some point, maybe Mm. not the, the ones who were successful, like a decade ago, but these newer fresher ones, I mean, I just think they've all sold pampered chef.
1: I mean, you're right. What is a link in bio, if not a gateway MLM moment? (laughs) So to me, this seems like this is so straightforward. Mormon women, your number one goal in life is to become a mother and to do it like as early as you can in life, to have as big a family as you can. And then you need to stay home with those kids.
0: Yeah. And for, I think most people who stay at home with their kids, there's this urge to find independence and like find your voice again after Mm -hmm. you lose it, you know, with pregnancy, childbirth, raising a newborn, and then little kids. I mean, they just Mm -hmm. suck the life out of you completely. Yes. Love them. Love them. Yes suck the life out of you. Hey, why am I making a podcast right now? (laughs) Okay. I get it. Oh, I was going to say, I wanted to preface this episode as I do with like 90% of them by saying no hate to any of these people.
1: Oh my gosh. No, we are not here to call out any specific influencer except maybe.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yes i am okay with yeah What whatever low-key
1: like, shade tomato no tomato, tomato
0: tomato yeah
1: harmless shit
0: talk but yeah, no yeah, yeah, hate yeah. no never it's never hate you guys
1: no no hate for anyone slight mockery for some yeah i will say i did not plan on going there with this <laughs> Um point, but it's making me think about just how true this argument is. I'm thinking about my patriarchal blessing. <laughs> okay. For, for those of you who don't know, when you are a Mormon teenager, you are given a blessing, basically a man who you've never met. <laughs> Uh, an puts, old man. An old man who you've never the met patriarch. Puts, puts his hands on your head and like predicts your future. <laughs> uh, we we can talk more about that another day, but it is what happens. And mine basically tells me it basically could have set me on an influencer/slash MLM path. Oh. Because it's like, look, get educated, but know that working outside of the home is not the move like absolutely not. However, you're going to want to be like crafty, wily, creative to think about how you can bring in money to help your husband in times of need. Okay? So it's basically like figure out a freaking hustle mm-hmm. while being a stay-at-home mom.
0: Yeah. Use those beautiful blue eyes and your and your sharp wit and, yeah. your, and relentless, sell, sell, sell. your relentless you're relentless search for just cash yes. that was another thing i was gonna say like i understand these people are just looking for like sponsorships and attention and likes and engagement and whatever and like same
1: relatable yeah here we are yeah <laughs> by the way like and subscribe <laughs>
0: yeah tell everybody Slam except our parents yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, again, we are in no position to judge, mm-hmm, right? But it's a different flavor.
0: Yeah, right. Right. I'm not exploiting my child. Mm. I'm gonna use that word. I I'm think so. That's sorry. Fine. Yeah, I accept. Maybe some of them don't. I realize some of them like hide their face, which is a nice touch.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: But some of them are like the full blown clickbait.
1: Yeah, it's like let me kind of try to work my child up into a frenzy and then press record.
0: Yeah or like my child got hit by a car except really it was you and it was a golf cart and yeah they're fine.
1: My child was injured but I kept that camera rolling.
0: Right. Nice. Yeah. What else am I going to do? I'm doing this for my family. Mm-hmm. They should be grateful. Mm. Anyway, yeah, what else? so that
1: those arguments track, the next sort of argument that gets floated, it's not exactly stated in this way I used a little bit of like editorial license here is the idea Mm. that Mormons are obsessed with conventional beauty and maintaining outward appearances.
0: Mm. They sure are. So I
1: did a little bit of digging into this because I was like, is this, you know, like quantifiable? And um, a couple of stats that get brought up in conversations about this. One is a 2007 study published in Forbes. Which named Salt Lake City the vainest city in the United States, mm. and the part of their criteria is that there are six plastic surgeons per one hundred thousand residents, which mm-hmm. is two and a half times more than any other city. Wow. 2017, a study by Utah Valley University found that Salt Lake had a higher number of surgeons per capita than Los Angeles.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of unbelievable. Because, like, mm-hmm. obviously, I do think of Mormons as being uh, somewhat obsessed with their own appearance. Mm-hmm. I guess I would never have used the word vain because I feel like the way that they often dress is not necessarily like showy or flashy, but it is perfect.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. They're walking this really thin line where you're like, I have to be sort of modest and humble and pure, but I also have to have a banging bod. Yeah. Banging bod.
0: Hair to my waist. Yeah. Perfect makeup. Yeah. A nice tan. Yes.
1: Blonde within an inch of my life.
0: Right. You can see why we didn't make it. (laughs) We
1: didn't. Yeah. Didn't make we cry. never stood a chance. No. <laughs> so, um I found this like excerpt that just really sizzles and it's um from a report published in 2017 by the Utah Women and Leadership Project hmm. which is based out of Utah State University and it's um <clears throat> reporting on this sort of phenomenon, the vanity, the plastic surgery obsession among Utah mm-hmm. women. Here's what it says. Researchers have found that homogenous societies, such as Utah, can have a contagion effect that pressures individuals into cosmetic surgery. In Utah, 87.6% of the population identifies as white, and Utah tops all the states in having the highest population of one religion, 57% Mormon. These factors may be linked to high plastic surgery rates— an in-depth research study on cosmetic surgery among Mormon women explored this possibility and found a common belief among many participants that physical beauty was a key means of securing status as a Mormon woman. Don't you just feel that? Yes, mm-hmm, 100% mm-hmm. true. Um, particularly as marriage and motherhood are often prioritized above educational or career achievement. study participants saw elective cosmetic surgery as an acceptable means of achieving and maintaining that standard of beauty.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. Powerful.
1: I felt like that person watched my entire life growing up and then wrote that paragraph.
0: Yeah, I know. Don't you so wish you could go back to yourself, you know, me to me when Mm -hmm. I was like 12 And just be like, don't concern yourself with all these expectations about how you should look physically. Mm -hmm. Just let it go. Don't Mm -hmm. worry about it, you know, because you are doing great. Think about other things. Imagine.
1: Imagine not having spent your entire life obsessing about how you didn't measure up to a certain standard of beauty.
0: Yeah. What a life.
1: What a life. That could have been. But yeah, when there is that homogeneity, how do you stand out? Yeah. You got to have like, you got to look like everybody else except exactly right. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, if you're like skinny and blonde and whatever, but your boobs are a little bigger, it's like yeah, perfect. Yeah. That's the edge you need. That's- One thing that came up in a few of these articles I was reading was that Apparently, it's kind of common practice in Utah for young women to be gifted a breast augmentation as a graduation
0: gift from high school. Wow. Oh, <laughs> whoa. That's crazy.
1: So it like sends them off to college with that edge.
0: Wow. Yeah. Parents really, they're so concerned with getting their daughters married off, man. Mm-hmm. And to the right guy.
1: And... Not to make it personal, no disrespect to our mother, who is a wonderful, beautiful, lovely person, Mm -hmm. but she understood this, that to have status as a woman in the Mormon church, you got to look good. Mm -hmm. And she taught us that Mm -hmm. for better or for worse. I mean, I remember conversations about like, if you want to, if you want a man to be attracted to you, you're going to need to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And you do, by the way, want that. (laughs) Yeah. And if you don't look this way, you're going to get these subpar guys
0: mm-hmm.
1: like so-and-so or so-and-so. She would like the right. women we knew whose husbands weren't as like attractive or nice.
0: Mm-hmm. And it was like, brutal. they're
1: not beautiful enough, skinny yeah, enough. Skinny enough. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. For me, I got the, you need to be more feminine. Mm-hmm you know, you need to be more feminine. Are you trying to not be feminine?
1: Where more and I know.
0: remember being like, I am not thinking about it. What are you saying to me right now? Like that's frightening. You know?
1: mm-hmm. it, this also made me think about a little bit of church doctrine with, that uh, we were taught growing up, which is that after we die, we'll all be resurrected, right? Mm-hmm. Thanks to the atonement of Jesus Christ, everybody will be resurrected. Mm-hmm. And, um, What that means is your spirit and your body will be reunited, except your body will be perfect. And you better believe that as a chubby little Mormon kid growing up, I was like, I'm going to be skinny. I'm going to be beautiful. My resurrected body is going to be fit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. You've always been beautiful, Lisa.
1: Thanks, Katie.
0: You too yeah yeah yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's a fact but let's be real neither of us fit this conventional kind of beauty that mormons value we just didn't
0: never sorry mom
1: no hate to anybody especially our own mother
0: Yeah, no, she's the best. She's number one.
1: She really is the best. She's also extremely beautiful and therefore has a lot of status in the Mormon
0: church. She's beautiful. She's
1: petite. She's sweet, youthful, sweet. People love her. Yeah. And so when we, I know I've had the experience of talking with her about like my experience as a woman in the church being very different from that, being single, being overweight, being whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's just like she just can't see
0: it. No, she's always been a desirable,
1: yeah, and woman and, in the and treated well because of it.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Um. Anyway, our mom could be an influencer, and you know,
0: one hundred. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, mm-hmm. except her kids would have been us, and we would have ruined it for <laughs> no. her. Sorry, mom.
1: We blew the family business wide open.
0: Um. Something else that we should mention about these women. that kind of gives them an edge on maybe like non-Mormon, uh, Mm -hmm. influencer women or people in general is that Mormons start pumping out the babies. young? Yeah, they do. They get a head start. Mm -hmm. Um, they'll be, you know, 22, 23, 24 years old with one, two, three kids Yep, and they're beautiful and they're so young and they're still like living this young person's life because it's like all paid for through sponsorships and it's so aspirational. And they have a young
1: person's energy to keep that business going. There is that edge in getting started so young. It's true. It's an aspirational kind of motherhood because you're not exhausted. You're not, Mm -hmm. you're
0: looking fresh. Yeah. Yeah. I know couldn't relate less i i mean i'm only 30 but man looking back i'm like could i have not done this when i was like 23 24 like i was married you know Mm -hmm. and in reality i could not have done it but (laughs) i get it yep okay
1: another argument that shows up a lot in these think pieces is that mormons uh, love to keep a journal, love to keep a scrapbook, love to document their family. So being an influencer, a blogger is just sort of a natural extension of this thing that Mormons are already doing. Right.
0: The family newsletter.
1: Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, this is truer than true.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Talk to me about your journal writing as a kid. Let me first say, before you answer that, it is like a commandment the church yeah to keep a journal um Mm -hmm. this is from the church website the lord has commanded each of us to keep a journal and 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 what we're supposed to record is like our spiritual feelings our experiences it's meant to be like uplifting and positive
0: Mm -hmm. so i know for a fact that yours and my um journaling experiences are going to be polar opposites, <laughs> Well, let's which is going to be yours. a lot of fun, but you can hear about mine and also understand that I'm coming from a place of like probably, you know, some undiagnosed ADHD as a child. So it was a lot of, Ooh, journal, mm-hmm. write in it for a week, put it away. I have like 70 unfinished journals
1: <laughs> that I've kept
0: throughout the years that I need sure. to organize anyway. But yeah, my journaling growing up was a combination of like writing about boys at school who mm. I was in love with and like the journey that I was on there. So like one day it was one kid and then he decided he had a crush on my best friend. So I hate him now. And then there's a new boy. And it was mm. just all boy, 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 boy. And then there was the deep emotional sadness. Yeah. Uh, the dark times or or um uh times of really, really hardcore religious piety. Yeah. I'd be, you know, writing scriptures you know recording my favorite scriptures down or writing directly in my book of mormon or things was that a thing you
1: were doing of your own volition or that you were being told to do
0: both yeah but it was i you know i uh, yeah it varied week to week what kind Mm -hmm. of what me which me you were gonna get the lizzie mcguire or the just i don't know pioneer sad
1: I know this was true for both of us. Our mom started our first journals for us when we were in the womb Mm -hmm. and would write in it occasionally after we were born. Mm -hmm. And then handed it over to us when we were old enough to write. Yeah. So our first journals were started by our moms and we finished them off. Yeah. So that's at a certain precedence. You know, there's mm-hmm. like a gravitas to it mm-hmm. when your journal was started before you existed. Yeah. Yeah. I, even as a little kid, even like in elementary school, I was writing in my journal every day, every single that. day. I think I wrote in my journal every day through middle school, if not through my sophomore-ish year of high school.
0: Hmm. Yeah,
1: And then I was intermittent regular but not daily until my mission where I was again every day yeah and then since then I I would say weekly I'm writing in a journal even still and at this point like I do it because it's a thing that helps me like process my feelings and like understand myself so I actually Mm -hmm. find it to be like a therapeutic useful practice Mm yeah yeah But growing up, I wasn't doing it in a meditative, therapeutic sort of way. I was doing it because I was supposed to. Mm -hmm. And I was writing to my posterity. Mm. The idea I had been given was that probably because we saw this play out in our own family, like when our dads, when our grandpa died. Um, our dad inherited his journals and was like reading them and learning about him. Like when I was in high school, our mom let me read her journal from when she was in high school. So I had this sense that when you're writing a journal, you're writing it to your posterity and they're going to read it and like learn from your spiritual upbringing.
0: Yeah, man, you were really good at doing what you're supposed to do. No, I really was. I think I just like, was really good at ignoring all of that Mm -hmm. and was like, I'm going to write about what like songs I like Mm -hmm. and which boys I want to kiss.
1: Yeah. I was writing about like my scripture study and my prayers. And of course I was also writing about like what was going on in my life, but I was very careful Mm -hmm. about how I framed everything because I needed To, I had a reader in mind and I wanted them to think highly of me and be uplifted by what I had to say. Mm. So, even into like college, I remember like feeling like I was sinning for whatever reason, like I was doing something I shouldn't be doing. And I couldn't name it in my journal, I couldn't like say what it was Mm. because I, thought about like my grandkids reading it and being like oh my gosh grandma did this
0: yeah so I was like very
1: self-conscious yeah in my journaling
0: it's funny because I feel like as an adult I have thought more about writing for posterity again Mm -hmm. because that's we grew up seeing that unfold I know realistically if my journals are left behind my children will probably read them
1: yeah sure
0: but i instead talk about all the stupid stuff i've done and will specifically like call it out mm-hmm. and be like this is the stupidest thing i've ever done or you know i can't believe i blah 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 for so long things that as a parent some might conceal from their kids but i'm sure. i'm i'm afraid that they won't know these things so i'm mm-hmm. like if i die while they're still young please look at my journals and don't mm-hmm. repeat my mistakes Please.
1: For sure I still recognize that if I keep a lifetime's worth of journals someone may someday look at them.
0: Yeah, but I'm going to look at them whether you die first or not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you're, next time you're in my house you're going to hunt <laughs> down the journals. Yeah. And there are so many. And they were
0: like <laughs> gigantic binders. They were for a period on your mission of time.
1: Yeah, in college and on my mission I was doing binders which Oof. whoa. Yeah. Now I'm just doing chic little notebooks, nothing crazy, but I'm a lot more honest because it's about me, it's about like processing things and understanding things and yeah. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I will say too I do think that journal writing functioned as a form of like control feels like a harsh word what's the word I'm looking for of, um, just sort of keeping us spiritually in check. Yeah. Like I remember the day I was baptized, I came home and mom said, you need to go write in your journal
0: Mm.
1: about what you felt Mm -hmm. and how important this is to you. And like, so that you can look back and remember oh yeah, I wanted to get baptized and it made me feel good. And that means this church is true.
0: Yeah. And don't you remember, maybe you didn't feel this way, but I remember always feeling so much pressure to understand how I felt. Oh yeah. And I like never did. And I remember just being like, so like, okay, like Mm -hmm. I am not processing this at all. And I can tell that I'm really expected to understand what's going on. Yeah. You know, and I was just like, I okay. I mean, I can pretend.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the things I've just started unpacking in my thirties in therapy is how in Mormonism, emotions were not, feelings weren't just feelings. Feelings were like signs and signals from God. Right. So if you felt good, it meant you were doing good. And if you felt bad, it meant you needed to correct something. Right. And so I wasn't like, Trying to understand my feelings through any other lens than like God's approval or disapproval. yeah, and that's some heavy shit to carry around when you're a little kid.
0: Yeah, forever from the time you can remember things. Mm-hmm. it's so sad.
1: And journaling was a space where that was going on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is all to say, yeah, Mormons love a journal. they do mormons love to document things
0: uh and they can't document themselves. them
1: in the most positive light possible
0: right they're okay with glossing over and putting a nice sticker on it in the scrapbook and mm-hmm. bada bing bada boom
1: yeah every memory any is a happy issue.
0: memory right I know. I remember feeling jealous. I mean, and these are things I didn't notice until I honestly was an adult, but like seeing families who were like flawed and like maybe they would openly fight or argue or talk about um, really like bad mistakes that the parents had made when they were younger and like using it in order to teach their kids how to not like ruin their own lives and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And just being like so shocked at how open people would be with their families mm-hmm. and uh that's pretty sad yeah so that's uh, kind of how it should be there was no admission
1: of struggle no open admission of struggle no yeah and it keeps not, your relationships not Unless you already right for sure not unless you already had a resolution to the struggle if your struggle had been resolved in a faith-promoting way you could share it
0: yeah But if you were in the midst of struggle and there wasn't like a clear answer where God like saved the day, you kept that shit to yourself. You keep it to yourself. And honestly, to this day, I maintain that like pretty strongly in my life. Mm -hmm. It's one of my biggest faults as a human being. I know that people in my life get frustrated by it. I get frustrated Mm -hmm. by it, but I'm not, I'm just not going to share if I'm struggling with something. I'll tell you later.
1: Yeah. I got it see you in a year <laughs> yep i'll tell you when i'm on the other side of it and it will be so uplifting yeah, just it'll you be wait. Just fine
0: i'll be like you'll have no idea what i've just gone through
1: yeah no that impulse runs deep yeah
0: I, and there's nothing i can do <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry friends i guess another reason why um mormons turn to influencing is because it's uh a great way to do missionary work yes yeah
1: and and a mormon is nothing if not a recruiter yeah, yeah. again
0: with the mlm always with the mlm work mm-hmm. they never sleep
1: yeah i had vague memories of like conference talks and stuff where general authorities said use social media to share the gospel." And digging around, those exist. There are like a number of instances of that. What I found that I thought was interesting is um, on the church's website, there's a whole section dedicated to sharing light through social media. And it has like tips and tricks for how to do it. I'm going to pull it up because we got to dig it. We got to name a couple of the tips. And tricks. I hate
0: the language that the church uses, like sharing light mm-hmm. or like be a light or yep. like whatever, like knock yeah. it off. What
1: is it at Christmas time? Oh, light the world. Light, light the, the world. world.
0: Yes. It reminds me of working at Starbucks and they, once Howard Schultz was out, they were bringing in new CEOs and new, you know, presidents and whatever. And they would come up with these awful slogans, like the third place, the North star. The, mm-hmm. And it's just like, knock it off, you know, yeah. we're just people
1: it's corporate speak. Yeah. It's businesses.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, don't, doesn't this make people uncomfortable? Because even (laughs) in the corporate world, even in the workforce, it makes you uncomfortable. It's It's cringy. cringy.
1: Yes. (sighs) Um, yes. Okay. So looking at the church website, share light through social media. So it's just broken up into these categories, love, share, invite, love. As you connect with others online and interact with genuine love, they will feel the love of God through you. Show sincere interest in what others share. Seek to uplift through liking and commenting on their posts.
0: I don't know why, but that makes me mad. (laughs) Yeah, I hate that. It's the freaking MLM, you know, uh, method. Because love by
1: definition can't be genuine if it's got like an ulterior motive behind it. And if your goal is like, That they feel something about God because you're nice to them. It's not genuine. No. By definition. Yes. Also seeking to uplift through liking and commenting. Show sincere interest. You know, when you, you know, showing sincere interest is the most annoying, maddening phrase to me. Just be sincerely interested in people. How about that?
0: Yeah. There's
1: a big difference there.
0: I know it's so sad. Like, I, and I remember like feeling that way in the church. You know, it's sort of like, especially when you start, you know, taking a the wrong path, and you're like a wayward child. Mm-hmm. And like, you'll be talking to someone, and you'll be really connecting, and they'll be acting really great toward you, and like they really understand. And then they pull out like an enzyme article. Hmm. Hmm. You know. Oh yeah. That's like. Oh. <laughs>
1: Knife to the heart. I thought this was real.
0: Worst.
1: Yeah. Don't do that. Yes. Share. Many different types of content can help people feel God's love. Even non-religious posts can be uplifting and inspiring. Be thoughtful about what you share.
0: Yeah. Share the nice fourth of July photo of your family all looking beautiful on your trip. To California because mm-hmm. you have so much money because you're so blessed by the church. And, and people will you're... see
1: that and think, how can I be like them? And you'll yeah. be like, oh well, well, let me give you a book
0: that <laughs> can tell yeah. you how. Uh, it's Scientology, man.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's it's all like high commitment religion, right? Yeah. Because the fact that you can't even like share something on social media or like something. Without having these instructions behind it, like, am I being uplifting? Could this lead them to God? Could this spark a a conversation about religion? Oh my gosh. Just like something if you like it. Just share something if you want to share it. It's exhausting. Just live your life. Okay. My favorite one. Invite. Mm -hmm. Look for and act upon opportunities to invite others to take actions that will bring them closer to the Savior. Try not to give unsolicited advice. (laughs) But invite when it is normal and natural.
0: Okay. I appreciate the addition of try not to give unsolicited advice because these people need to hear that.
1: Yeah. But it's too
0: little too late at this it point. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. Every Karen in the church is giving unsolicited advice on Facebook. And it isn't normal and natural ever to invite in the way that they're talking about him now. Like, hello, Facebook friend. Let me invite you to think about Jesus on this random Wednesday. (sighs) Just leave people alone. You know, I've just been (laughs) thinking about
0: you. Yeah. Punch.
1: Just naturally and normally thinking about you.
0: Yeah. You know, and what I can ask of you now.
1: Um, it also, the page links to a bunch of shareable content, which is just like this repository of things you could share on in social media that are about the church, either directly or indirectly.
0: I love that. I want to apply that model to our marketing of our podcast. Go on. I want to create charitable content that like mirrors, like the pass along card, the light, the world. I, I want like, what are our little key phrases? Yeah. What's uh our nice little light the, light, world? The world, light, the world, Katie, like the world, light my farts. I don't know. <laughs> Something we'll think of something we got to <laughs> we're in the
1: brainstorming stage we need totally. our own mormon ads we need our own pass cards yeah we need our own i am a mormon campaign we got to go hard
0: but i feel like this is a good segue into the the grander conspiracy theory of this episode which was shocking to me was it yeah I mean a little bit like I understand like in theory that this is like pretty par for the course for the church but like to actually see it like open yeah oh yeah and we're doing this so let's dig into that what Katie is referring to is a little reddit
1: thread we ran into where people were posting about Mormons on Instagram and just how like rampant Mormon influencing is and someone said something about, well, it's because the church is paying them to do it. And people jumped on that comment like, wait, what's your source? Where are you getting that? I haven't heard that. And I was with them. Yeah, This was an old thread. This is not recent. Mm-hmm. Um, and they mentioned the More Good Foundation, which I had never heard of. Mm-mm. So I did a little digging. The More Good Foundation... I'm just going to read you the description that they Please wrote do. themselves. Please do. The More Good Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that helps Mormons, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, share their beliefs on the internet. Uh, we operate websites and social media platforms in over 15 languages and provide tools and training to universities, institutes, and church firesides. We work closely with and support other groups and foundations with like-minded missions from all over the world. Uh, More Good Foundation was created in 2005 as a solution to the overwhelming need for accurate information about the LDS faith on the internet. That's the description from their website. Their description on LinkedIn is even more kind of loosey-goosey. It says the More Good Foundation is committed to helping faithful Mormons share their stories with the world. That's where I'm like, oh, influence influencers. Whoa. Yeah. And then helping the world find these stories quickly and easily. As a people, we have positive, powerful stories to tell. And that telling is important. We don't believe in hiding our candle under a bushel. And the internet provides a way for us to collectively hold our candles up, providing light to all and helping them see what that light helps us to see. So this is a nonprofit that is supporting Mormons sharing faithful Mormon lives, stories, images, ideas on social media. And it is a very real foundation. I actually found um, some information about their tax filings. You know, they're a 501c3. It's public information. And they are um, distributing
0: millions of dollars in like charitable disbursements. Fascinating. In my mind's eye, I can already imagine which of these Mormon influencers could potentially be on their payroll just based on their more over- overtly Mormon content. Sure. Mm-hmm. And just how like sparkly clean they are. And yes. how they like will talk, they talk to people in the comments mm-hmm. about the church. The church. They'll like answer, answer questions and whatnot. Whereas some don't.
1: Yes. There's definitely a flavor of Mormon influencer who's not ever really overtly talking about the church or even calling themselves Mormon, but it's like coded into their content where if you know, you know, but then Mm -hmm. there are those Mormons who are like Mormonism is at the center of their influencing.
0: They're going to the temple. Their kids are getting baptized and they're posting Mm -hmm. about it.
1: Yeah. They're lighting the world up. They're lighting the world. The More Good Foundation does say in multiple places on their website that they're not explicitly funded or controlled by the church. And they say they receive donations from individuals and other foundations and organizations, including the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Foundation.
0: Okay. Well, so it's just
1: like this loop of like church funded nonprofits, as far as I
0: can tell. Yeah. I want to know. any of our listeners know anything more about this because I feel like we have listeners who've like worked in the church Mm -hmm. in like lots of different ways. So if you know anything.
1: If you know anything, I'm so curious. And like it doesn't necessarily have to be insidious that this exists, but it's definitely weird.
0: Yeah. For sure. And
1: calling this a nonprofit like effort. Paying people to talk about the church on social media and it's like categorized as like educational, right? Work, Um, Uh, it's a little weird, it's a little fishy, it's it's a little cringy. Yeah, if you know about this, yeah, tell
0: us. Uh, please bless pod at gmail.com.
1: Our our lines are open, our lines are open. Callers are welcome at any time,
0: anytime. (laughs) It, with yeah. any information, tell me anything.
1: I don't know much more to say about that because all I could find was their website and some LinkedIn profiles for the like executives of the organization and the board members names. Let me tell you, it is a pack of white men running this foundation in a surprise to no one and this tax information. So if you well, know more, we're curious, yeah, Please. but that could be one of those sort of hidden Keys for why uh, Mormon influencers are just so rampant is they have mm. this support and how right. do they tap into this support. I know, I would like because we support. are sharing as accurate information of, about the church as we can muster here. Right. Do you think that they would fund our project?
0: I don't think that they would, but th- I think that they're wrong for feeling that way. I mean, should we reach out? Let's reach out. <laughs> I, I do feel like, I don't know, this is interesting. I know I've read a lot of things on uh, like the ex-Mormon subreddit and places like that, where the church is trying to conceal their declining membership numbers.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: it's like membership is apparently way lower than they make it out to be. So this mm-hmm. would be high time for them to be investing uh, sure. majorly into things like the influencers. I mean, influencing works. Yeah. So oh that's yeah. The freaky part.
1: It makes money. It drives messaging. It mm-hmm. shapes culture. Yeah. One last thing I was thinking about with all of this, you're talking about like influencer influencing works. Mormon influencers are so good at that work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's partly because like Mormons, and this is just a different way of saying something we've already said, but Mormons are marketers.
0: Yeah. All day. All day. In, in so many ways all day long.
1: Yes. I mean, when I was a Mormon missionary, literally the church PR department sent representatives to the mission to teach us how to market better. And in part it was because our mission was like a pilot mission for this new marketing campaign. The church was doing with Mm -hmm. like, um, it was like a different flavor of pass-along cards that were like a little bit, they were black and white photos. They were like a little bit grittier, realer than okay. like the cheerful plucky Mormon. Wow. Like the commercials were these like man on the street style where interesting. They, they, an interviewer would be like, what do you think happens after we die? Mm-hmm. And someone would sort of stand there and contemplative music would play and they'd be like, you know, I just don't know. And I wish mm-hmm. I did. And then it was like to find out more go to mormon.org wow that's it was powerful. this campaign that was going on yeah But i don't think ever extended beyond those pilot markets yeah but we were a pilot market
0: that's very and interesting
1: so we were being taught to present ourselves with this campaign in mind so mm-hmm. like what could we say to link our like messages on the street and at people's doorstep to this campaign so mm. that it would sort of like sync up. Wow. But I remember we would like practice elevator pitches, basically like opening lines that we would say to like grab the attention of people on the street. And people were saying crazy stuff. <laughs> like mm. um, there was this one elder in my mission. He would knock on people's doors. And when they would answer, he would say, Moses is alive. And it would like disarm people, you know, like, what is this crazy person saying? And then he would be like, not really, but a prophet is alive on the earth
0: today. (laughs) (laughs)
1: And that has stuck with me. That was quite an opening line.
0: Yeah. Like
1: I had a companion once we were walking down the street and she like got in front of someone who was walking the opposite way, like stood in front of them and was just like, we prayed this morning to meet people who are ready to learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I feel that you're one of those people. Okay. And I was just like, oh my goodness, we're invading space. We're saying, we're making some claims here. And the person was just like, "Nope, see ya. Bye. Yeah, I'm not the one. But there was this like strategizing, this marketing strategy, clearly like, churning there yeah led to that move anyway this is all to say mormons are marketers they're strategic communicators and um if you want an influencer you find yourself a mormon
0: Look no further, honestly. It truly is shocking if you look at the influencers you follow, which I actually did a big purge somewhat recently and unfollowed basically all the influencers I follow. Mm
1: -hmm. But before
0: then, I remember several times being like, wait, this person's Mormon. And nine times out of 10, it would be like some small little context clue. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, well, 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 look who we have here. It's Sister Jorgensen. <laughs> always. <laughs> yeah. They always find a way to weasel their way back into your home. Anyway, all peace and love.
1: All peace and love. No shade, no hate. A little shade, no hate. A little shade. We never talked about the I mean, <laughs> we, we did name them by name. Yeah. Conventional beauty check obsession with bodies check exploitation of children.
0: Check. Yeah. Those kids are a, so cute. Making individual Instagram counts for each of your children. Check. Mm-hmm. As soon as they're born, check.
1: <laughs> yeah. And just like flaunting a very
0: unattainable
1: wealthy picture perfect lifestyle check 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 check.
0: right and you can have this if you sell your piece of tech for 54 million dollars when you're in college
1: also like not explicitly naming mormonism A lot, occasionally. Mm -hmm. And am I modest? Am I wearing my garments? You'll never know. No. The rules are different for me because I'm beautiful and rich.
0: Yeah, they always are. They always have been. Let me be clear. I don't care if you're wearing your garments. (laughs) No, 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 obviously not. Obviously not but you grow up as a normal person with this standard that yes your shoulders are covered you're wearing something down to your knees and mm. your obviously your stomach isn't going to show you can't wear a right. two-piece bathing suit <laughs> but then you go to the party at like the rich hot mormon family's house and their daughters are wearing two pieces yeah You know, and their mom, who's like banging super hot, same thing. Yeah.
1: And they're working out obsessively in their biker shorts and sports bras. And you're like, wait, so I guess, I guess I'm the idiot here.
0: Right. And they're going to the football game. Right. They're going to the football game on Sunday. They're having the sleepover Mm -hmm. on Saturday night Mm -hmm. into Sunday morning.
1: They're swimming on a Sunday.
0: They're swimming on a Sunday. Hey, do you want to come over and swim in the pool? Yeah. Oh, I can't swim on a Sunday.
1: Not allowed. But for some of us, apparently it is. And again, I don't care. (laughs) Do whatever you want. But don't pretend like the church doesn't take stands on these things and perpetuate certain sort of cultural norms of behavior and that you're not skirting those norms and, and acting like kind of above them
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and cool live your life but you can't reconcile those two things
0: right cool live your life but i hate you you know (laughs) little me growing up no way We literally said no way yeah you know i don't mean it i'm jealous i love
1: confusing and like problematic and kind of gaslighty
0: yeah I know it feel. it makes you feel crazy. Yes. You know, it makes you feel crazy. They're drinking Starbucks. You mm-hmm. know, you're like,
1: I'm going to pull my hair out. I know it yeah. makes you feel crazy. It makes me feel how I felt as like a Mormon teenager who was trying so hard to do everything right. I was freaking writing in that journal every day. And I was like at a party and I saw boys from our ward doing shots and I was like what's happening where am I what is reality like and they w- and then like passing the sacrament
0: the next right day. it was and then it's I was like just like Bishop's I son. feel
1: crazy <laughs>
0: yeah I know if you
1: insist on talking that talk and sharing that light and condoning that church then I don't know put your money where your freaking mouth is or yeah. shut up yeah
0: practice what you literally preach yes i hate you just kidding (laughs) i gotta stop anyway love you just a little teaser for next week
1: we're taking this podcast on the road we will be together in utah in the motherland
0: in the motherland buckle up it's gonna be a doozy it's gonna be so scary too we're gonna record in our parents house in secret can't wait Tune in. Send any questions, ideas, thoughts, or feelings to pleaseblesspod at gmail.com.
1: Thank you so much in advance.
0: But don't say anything mean.
1: No, we don't
0: want hate mail.
1: Yeah. If you're here to criticize, keep it to yourself. Write keep it in it your journal. Yourself.
0: Leave us a nice review if you feel so inclined. Right, if you're not watching this video on YouTube, which we are posting the videos now on YouTube, but if you're not watching this, I'm making a really stern face. The camera. Yeah. I'm looking right at it. And All right. And on that note, see you next time. See ya love you. Amen.